Welcome to SEC Unfiltered, home of the best SEC content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews as well. Guys, so many fans and listeners of SEC Unfiltered have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Well, so again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from SEC Unfiltered sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Friend of the show, Jake Crane of Crane and Company joins us once again to talk all things college football, college sports in general, some gambling. You never know what you might get. Jake, appreciate you taking the time, my man. What's going on? Man, just uh, watching you grow like a weed over here, dude. I'm proud of you. Uh, I, always, it's fun to come on and, and chop it up. And uh, it's a fun time of year as we get toward March Madness and, and toward spring practice, man. I'm excited. 
Jake, first thing, let's talk Super Bowl really quickly. I, I can't help but make this comparison in my head. Are Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey just the modern-day version of what we watched for so long with Tom Brady and Gronk? Well, I, I'll take it a step further. Uh, is Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid the modern-day version of Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and Rob Gronkowski, and it's becoming more like that, not just because it's three guys and one happens to be a coach, one happens to be a quarterback, and one happens to be a tight end, but I think what you're watching with the Chiefs is something that that was one of the best traits of the Patriots is that they could win in the most ways. You know, typically the Chiefs have been this high-flying offense that was just good enough on defense, would get stops when they had to, uh, and and would beat you typically in high-scoring games or Patrick Mahomes doing, you know, Hogwarts-type things. Well, th the best part of this Chiefs team, in my opinion, was the defense and special teams this year. That was the most consistent thing if you really look at it. Look, Patrick Holmes, Mahomes is incredible. And I know the roster they had last year on offense was about the, the same as this one. You know, you didn't have Tyreek Hill, but the Chiefs won a lot of games on defense this year. They didn't give up double-digit points in a second half for the last 10 games. The most points they gave up in a game this year was 27, but it wasn't just that. Harrison Butker is an absolute splash festival. Every time he gets a chance, Tommy Townsend, I mean, it's bombs over Baghdad. Somebody sound the sirens. Dude's just dropping them inside the 10, you know, like he's so in quarters. Uh, so I, I think this was, when you look at the way the Patriots won a lot of their Super Bowls, it wasn't always pretty or high-flying or beautiful, but they scored when they had to score. They got stops when they had to stop, get stops, and everybody knew their role. So, yeah, um, as crazy as it sounds, we, we're seeing something similar. Now, we'll see if it, if it works out the way it worked out with as many Super Bowls as the Patriots won, but, I mean, in the, the grand scheme of things, the Chiefs are really just getting started. Jake, let's jump into the SEC, dive right into this. This coming by the at the time we're speaking about an hour ago, Matt Zenitz reporting, National College Ball reporter for 24-7 Sports. Current plan for Alabama seems to be to promote tight ends coach Nick Sheridan to offensive coordinator, former Michigan quarterback, which you mentioned the David Cohn connection. Uh, former Michigan quarterback helped Washington post big numbers last two years under Kalen DeBoer, was previously an OC at Indiana. Now, at the time we dropped this conversation, this may have become official. So, thoughts on the latest from Matt Zenitz, and if Alabama goes the Nick Sheridan route, your thoughts on that? Good hire, bad hire, we'll see. Uh, thoughts on Sheridan as OC at Bama? Yeah, well, first off, I, I, I hope it you know is official uh, by now, by the time this gets out, and, and I hope Nick gets his shot. That's a, a really good friend of uh, his former teammate and our, our co-host David Cohn there at Michigan. Know Nick really well. I uh, got to talk to him down in the Senior Bowl, him and Jamarcus Shepard, uh, who's another guy that I've got a lot of respect for. I wonder if we may see a co-OC situation. But, you know, we talked about this on, on Cranon Company uh, Tuesday morning. Kalen DeBoer, it, it's the same thing. If, if the assistant head chef goes and starts his own restaurant or maybe goes and becomes an assistant head chef somewhere else, you typically just promote the chef underneath him to be able to come up and start cooking second in line. Uh, and Kalen DeBoer has a system that he wants to run. He did talk about down in Mobile being able to adjust his system to the personnel. Now, this was before Ryan Grubb had left. But Nick Sheridan understands that system. He understands kind of the cadence of the play calling. He's not exactly going to be Ryan Grubb. And I don't think a lot of people understand 
play calling is is typically a team effort. There's one voice at the end, like when Texas calls plays, it's Sark's voice at the end. But there's so much back and forth before the play because coaches are looking at different spots on the field. You're assigned to look at different positions. Hey, the tight ends coach may say, hey, look, I've been watching this safety. I've been watching the edge guys. We need to do this or think about this. The head coach or the play, whoever the play caller is, I, I've been on the headset where guys are like, hey, what do you like here? The O-line coach, you just talked to the offensive line. Hey, the guys really like trap. It's set up. Let's go run it. They, they feel really good about it. So having those same voices in there and promoting from within, I think, was the smart move because you don't want to bring in a guy from the outside to run a brand new system, especially when you just brought six foot six Austin Max ass over and the center over who knows the terminology, who knows the system. So I think it's 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 a smart move by Kalen. Um, I, I think him and Hugh Freeze are in different spots because when I we you know when at the end of the season I said Hugh Freeze needs to call plays because he's already a year in, and if you're going to go down, you got to go down on your own sword. You got to go down calling the plays and what built you up. Kalen DeBoer hasn't had to rely on that for a while, and it's year one at Bama. So promoting from within, I think it's a smart move, uh, and I'm excited for Nick, and, and hopefully it's official. Jake, changes with the coaching staff. No more Nick Saban. Over-under win total at 9.5, which is the same as Ole Miss, Missouri, LSU, those types of programs. How do you think Bama fans are going to handle being mortal now? Well, you know, I, the, the one, I guess, you know, feather in the cap or or maybe, you know, arrow in the, the quiver that Kalen does have is that Saban didn't win a national championship in the last three years. But the problem that Kalen DeBoer has is that the standard in Alabama is still the highest it could possibly be because Nick Saban won all those national championships and is coming off an SEC championship. But two things can be true at once. The standard cannot be lowered. But reality has to be accepted, right? You, you're having a changing of the guard. If you think Kalen DeBoer is going to be Nick Saban, uh, then there's uh, some oceanfront property in Kansas that I could sell you for a price that will blow your mind. He's going to be really good. But I, I will continue to say, and fan is short for fanatical, so I'm not expecting any patience. If you're not going to get patience from, no offense, the Mississippi State fan base, you're not getting patience from Alabama's fan base. That doesn't exist. They're like the Soviet Union now, to quote my good friend T-Bob. It's either perfect or it's awful. There's no in-between. They won't accept it. But Kalen DeBoer's tenure, Chris, in my opinion, is going to be defined by the level of freakout the first time something inevitably goes wrong. Because even when something went wrong for Nick Saban, what did he have? One, all these championships in the past, so you trust him. And two, every time he's fixed it, including last year when they beat South Florida with a lacrosse player at quarterback, and he still fixed it, and they went to the playoff. Kalen DeBoer doesn't have that leeway. So what happens if you go up to Camp Randall in Wisconsin, at Wisconsin with those huge Siberian cave trolls that they bring in every single year up front, and it goes wrong, and then you got Georgia at home the next week, and you lose that one? I mean, is, is Roll Tide Willie going to be – leading everybody in Tuscaloosa up to the mayor's house with pitchforks and torches. If they show the man some patience, they're going to get a good product at the end. It's still Alabama. But you cannot run this guy out of town the first time something goes wrong. But huh, look, it's SEC fans. Me trying to talk them down. And that's what makes it great, though. That's, that's our worst weakness and our best strength. Same, same, but different, but still same. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jake, sticking with those over-under win totals that were released by FanDuel, I'll run through these really quickly. Georgia and Texas at 10.5, Bama, Ole Miss, Mizzou, LSU at 9.5, A&M and Tennessee at 8.5, Oklahoma, Kentucky, Auburn at 6.5, South Carolina, Florida, Arkansas, 5.5, Mississippi State, 4.5, Vandy, 2.5. I'm sure you took a look at this. You're a gambling man yourself. Did any of those jump out to you, and if so, which? Uh, you know, yeah, I always start with Vandy first. I want to see how low is that win total going to be. And I see some of the transfers they have, and I kind of like the over right now. But here's the problem, Chris. And, and Vandy, this, Jake, Vandy was the bet of the summer last year. Over, three I know it was. I didn't fall dude, for it. I didn't Josh fall for Hayden it. Company were locking the over. Everybody, oh, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. not your boy though. Not your boy though. We tell look, Clark Lee may look like Professor X, but he's not. I do like the transfers that they brought in though. Diego Pavia, who, you know, New Mexico State. That's oh, hold SEC on. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I'm about to, they about had to send me to Shutter Island after the Auburn New Mexico State game last year. But uh, they brought in Nate Johnson, the quarterback from Utah. Like we'll see. He doesn't throw it very well, but good he's quicker than a hiccup. And then uh, you know, brought in Jerry Kill as well. So look, I, I kinda like Vandy early, but Look, we live in a new era. Like, making predictions right now, it's it's pointless. I get why. We all got to throw stuff out there, you know. This we, I, I don't make predictions, though, until the end of fall camp because I've been in it. And I realize I need to know who wins what job. And now with the transfer portal, who the hell knows who's going to be where. I need to know who's that one or two quarterbacks every year that get hurt either you know during spring or in the summer or during fall camp. I make my predictions at the end of fall camp. But that doesn't mean I won't sprinkle a little bit of cheddar here and there. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I look at that six and a half uh, for Auburn and South Carolina, I believe. that That's what you said. Just the South Carolina's the, five and a half. Auburn's South Carolina's six. five and a half. I think South Carolina goes to a bowl game. Uh, I do. I know there's some question marks at certain spots. You do lose Spencer Rattler, who we had a great time with down at the Senior Bowl. But um, there's a couple. The Vandy one, though, I kind of – I don't know. I'm just, I walk in, it just gives me that bakery smell. I'm just, I, I like it. 
What do you think about eight and a half for first year head coach Mike Elko? I mean, I I, I don't think he's walking into a situation. God, where I need to go look at the bear. schedule. I, I, I don't. I, I don't. He's not walking into a situation where the cupboard's bare by any means. But eight and a half feels. Here's well. Here's but, what I'm gonna say, Chris. Here's what I'm saying. I said this. I said this even before Mike Elko got the job. Like, and and not that Jimbo was super finesse, but Texas A&M. It's like, it's it's like it's like the person who gets a lot of money and then just goes soft. You know, somebody that was like raised up, raised on a farm, and they get a lot of money and they're hanging around with different people. Now they're in like Texas, hanging out with Wall Street guys, and you know, don't pour over me. That that's not who Texas A&M is. Texas A&M. Should be and look, they got oil money, but there's a lot of gritty ass people with the oil money. I think at Texas A and M, you you got to be like ripped from Yellowstone, man. The the twelfth man, that place was built. One of their biggest monikers, the twelfth man, is built on you know the the walk on kickoff team, right? Or, or the 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 extra guy that that does you know above and beyond on special teams. The grittiness, the physicality, the junction boys, you know, John David Crow. Like, they're not this soft finesse. Oh, we're going to have a bunch of prima donnas, and we're we're going to run around. Johnny Manziel was the anomaly. To me, that's not who Texas A&M is. Texas A&M is the, the guy that says, look, if we want to go outside and get in a bar fight, then I'm going to whip your ass. That, that's And not that they've won all these championships. That's not what I'm saying, but you do have an identity. And I, Mike Elko, to me, just – Fits that perfectly. Not that it always works. Sam Pittman fit that perfectly at Arkansas, I thought, and that hasn't worked out. But Mike Elko has shown you he can be a really good head coach. Sam Pittman had never shown you that. You didn't know. Mike Elko's done the job at Duke, where if you don't dribble a basketball, they don't care. But I think I think Coach Elko can get them back to being gritty and have that chip on their shoulder and not a bunch of guys just running, riding around being prima donnas and, and you know, not going by the standard that Texas A&M is used to living up to. I, I tell you what, man, uh, the more I look into this, the more I like it. You got a lot of – there's a lot of pieces that I like. And Mike Elko, I mean, the, the man has showed us you can do more – he can do more with less. No expectations for the Aggies for the first time in a long time. Man, I think it's help. just setting up, isn't it? Yeah. It's just setting up. And look, I, I tell you, I need to go back and look at the schedule. But Texas A&M is one of the – you return your quarterback, right? A guy that we've seen that, that's been able to have success. I just I, – I like the direction. I think this is more them. I, I think they were trying to be something they weren't. They, they, they were like the Beverly Hillbillies. And I don't mean that – disrespectfully i mean that it's just out of their element and they can't operate at their highest level of efficiency when they're out of their element like that that's just what i believe some people think i'm crazy well and you mentioned jake too the prima donna thing with texas a&m and jimbo and i just go back to sec media days last year when i think all the players are wearing sunglasses uh and, and i think i'm like i feel like at that point we should have known like this is gonna it's that's not y'all like stop trying to be something you're not not saying that you don't go out there and, and think you're gonna win every game but Look, man, y'all are a lot more Mike Winchell than y'all are Deion Sanders. Don't forget that. <laughs> and that's not a white or black thing either. It's just kind of the way you go about it. Jake, I know you guys talked about this on your show extensively in regards to what we're seeing in college football with either he Power 5 head coaches you know, up and leaving for coordinator spots in the NFL, Power 5 head coaches leaving for coordinator spots within their own conference, right, if you at least – count that UCLA and Ohio State will be in the same conference next year in the Big Ten. Chip Kelly heading out of L.A. He's now the O.C. at Ohio State. You're not worried about it in regards to this taking over college football, but 
your overall thoughts. I mean, the optics of this is crazy, I feel like. Where I know UCLA, you know, they've got their own issues, but for Chip Kelly to up and leave for the OC job in Columbus, your your reaction to that, and does it scream to a yeah. bigger issue in college football or it's something you're not really worried about? No, I, I think this is the biggest manufactured crisis I've ever seen in my life. Like, we have stuff to worry about with college football. S- stop with this. I, I know it's talking season, and this is like we always reach the furthest, the earliest in, in talking season from a sports media standpoint. And I'm not even four years in, but I've figured out that mystery. Here's what, here's what I'll say. we got to be able to separate these things. Right, every every different coaching job is circumstantial. We have a very bad habit in sports media of putting everything into one pot. It's everybody just like this, you know. Everybody's oh no, now everybody just wants to go to the NFL. <laughs> Here's the funny part, man. I tell you what, where was this panic when Pete Carroll and Nick Saban and Urban Meyer and Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer and Le- and, and all these guys that were dominating in college? Tried to, to Steve Spurrier tried their hand in the NFL. Like the NFL is the highest level of football. You don't get mad when a guy goes from AAA to the majors. Some guys never get the opportunity to coach in the NFL. A lot of coaches want to coach in the NFL. And most of the time, you're a product of your environment. If you start in college football coaching, you typically coach most of the time in college football. If you start in the NFL, we know they recycle more coaches than anybody. But, but th- this. Fake narrative of, oh, no, Jeff Halfley left me in the head coach of Boston College to go be the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers after he was almost fired this past season. Going into next year, he was going to have to win seven, at least probably eight, in an ACC that nobody knows what the hell's going on right now. So he kind of struck while the iron was hot. And Jeff Halfley is more of an NFL guy, in my opinion, than he is college. On the other hand, there's some new paths that have been created in college football that that fascinate me. One, and it makes sense, the group of five head coach that goes to become a Power 5 offensive coordinator to then become a Power 5 head coach, right? Sean Lewis leaves Kent State to go be the offensive coordinator at Colorado. Gets demoted, Chris, halfway through the year, yet still gets the head coaching job at San Diego State at work. Kane Womack leaves South Alabama to go hook up with his good friend, Kalen DeBoer, and be the defensive coordinator at Alabama, which we know is a breeding ground and a feeding ground to go become a Power 5 head coach. That makes sense. The Chip Kelly thing just smells like petty high school BS to me. And I don't mean BS on Chip Kelly's part. I think him, them and UCLA didn't have a great relationship. He almost got fired last year. So he decided to go be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State after interviewing for NFL jobs. I told my brother this this morning. To me, this does not signal something's wrong with college football. If something was wrong with college football, then Chip Kelly would have either sat out a year and waited to get another job in the NFL or took a position coach job in the NFL. You don't stay in the business that you supposedly think is being wrecked, especially as a coordinator, when you have less power. And to be honest with you, from an academic and recruiting standpoint, believe what you want, but Chip Kelly's going to have to be involved in that. He's going to coach the quarterbacks. You have to be even more hands-on than as a head coach where you're really a fundraiser and a speaker and a motivator. So I'm not buying into this, oh, my God, nobody wants to coach college football anymore. It's a disaster. Look at the coaches we have in the game right now. You want me to go down the list? Steve Sarkeesian, Dan Lanning, Kalen DeBoer, I can, I can, Lane Kiffin. There's big-time coaches. Lance Leipold, uh, Dabo Sweeney that are, that are still in college. So 
I think it's a manufactured crisis, Chris. We got a lot to worry about, but but this isn't this isn't something to worry about. This is the natural progression of, for a lot of people. Jake, I talked about this on our airwaves late last week, but I'm curious to get your thoughts. If this were to take place in the SEC, do you feel like there's a candidate or candidates out there that you could see this happening to where, to your point, Chip Kelly, and maybe it would require us knowing a little bit more behind the scenes, but you know, his seat was hot, right? It kind of seemed like he beat them to the punch and just bettered his situation. Do you feel like, could you see this happening? Because I don't know that we've seen this in the Southeastern Conference where someone just no. been left. Uh, yeah. If it were to happen, do you have any, or do you have well, any thoughts on who it may be? Any situations where it makes sense? Well, are you are you talking about like the Jeff Halfley situation where you leave being a head coach well, to be either a or in the NFL yeah, or either, Chip either Kelly? Or. Either or. I I I don't think that would happen in in the SEC. Uh, only at Vanderbilt, maybe. I th- that would be the only one I'd I'd say. I I just don't. There's no coach that would go from being the head coach, again outside of Vanderbilt. I think would be the only case. You know, I would say I don't mean any disrespect, but I mean let's be real. Um, no, I I, I don't see that happening. Uh, I I would be shocked. Uh, I feel like the only way that it could happen is kind of what you saw with the team that their conference just died, and you know they're going to the Big Ten, and and there's been problems even outside the ones that that I brought up with uh with Chip Kelly and UCLA. So no, no, no shot in hell. Mm-hmm. Jake, your thoughts on SEC basketball? Again, I know you're a gambling man. I know you guys have been crushing it. Uh, It's no nights off, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on, actually. Why can't Auburn win in Gainesville? What is this hex I've read about? You know how it is, Chris. You know how it is, man. There's just some places, man. There's just some places. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I feel like every team has one. Y'all know, y'all listening right and now it, or watching right now. it's every sport, right? It's every sport that Auburn struggles there. No, like, we, in it. football, in football, we do well in games. Okay, okay. Uh, I mean, Tebow never, we beat Tebow down there with Cody Burns at quarterback. So, um, no, uh, it, it's, it's really basketball and, and I guess pretty much everything else. I got to go back and look at the baseball records, but, uh, here's what I'll say. What I find fascinating the SEC is kind of like a microcosm of all of college basketball right now. I guess you could maybe say that UConn is is you know that maybe getting close to being that one team on the shiny shiny hill. I don't believe in Purdue. I can promise you that their guards can't play defense. I know Zach Eady is straight out of Mordor, but if you're not going to win it with the Ivy at guard with Zach Eady, I don't think you're going to win it with you know the two guys from the Y. Even though I'm a big Braden Smith guy, um, when it comes to nobody can win on the road really. In the SEC or anywhere. I just watched Kansas get their pants pulled down again on the road. Who's winning on the road? Like, name me a team that's just going on the road and, and beating quality teams. You you can't find it. That's what's going to make this March Madness so incredible. I mean, there was a lot of parody last year. Typically, there's a decent amount of parody in basketball. This year, man, who the hell knows? Who? Thank God it's played on a neutral court. That's going to be the funniest part. Um, But, no, I it's going to be a race down the stretch. Uh, it's going to be tough to win on the road, and the couple teams that that are able to hold serve at home and steal one or two on the road down the stretch, that's who's going to win it. But it's just uh, it's so much fun now because I grew up in an era where SEC basketball was Kentucky, then maybe Florida or maybe Tennessee, and then everybody else. Now, I mean, man, there's you you can't take a deep breath. It's incredible. They're talking about maybe getting ten teams in. I think it's going to be nine, but you know that's why I was telling you know. Fan bases that oh no their 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 top fifteen ranked team lost on the road to a good really good team. Everybody's losing on the road to a really good team. 
So I'm, it just, it is what it is. But the Gainesville thing, man, they need to do like, we need to get like Joe Boo or something, or just there needs to be some ritual done. I, I need to talk to Coach Pearl. I always think of uh, what is it the rookie where they they sprinkle the rose petals on the on the field or whatever. I, just something that's... like somebody spin around three times. Like somebody do something. I, I will say, Jake. Though I wanted to point out a team that has found a way to win some big games on the road. South Carolina. I knew you were going to find a way to get this in here. I'm just I, no listen, no Chris. You're one right. Of the best and stories. Why, and one of the best why. stories in college basketball. Without it, without a doubt, with, without what Lamont Paris has done is incredible. Uh, because they do it as a team, and and they know who they are. Uh, you know, we talked about the Chiefs earlier, know, knowing what their role is. But we'll see down the stretch. You know, you go to I, Auburn. Say, I'm just I'm throwing the layup to you to talk about the game at the jungle because that's that's uh, you know, yeah Wednesday Wednesday night. You better put the women and children to sleep. <laughs> it's gonna get wild. Uh, I think Auburn plays. They got South Carolina at home, which I'm so glad South Carolina's good. That's yeah. a good win. That if I would have I would have never guessed. Win. I would have never guessed. Never would have imagined. South Carolina would be ranked yeah. higher than Auburn going into that game. No, it's it's absolutely wild. So, uh, yeah, kudos to Lamont Paris. And, and again, I mean, you look at, at all the guys that are doing well uh, in the SEC, which is damn near everybody. But, no, the jungle, it's uh, Wednesday night. It's, again, you better you better either go with a, with a blindfold or a Tommy gun. The choice is yours. So, Jake, who's the best team in the SEC right now? If you had to put uh, – if you had to make a pick, like who, right now, who's the best team? Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Neutral court? Neutral court. Ten- we'll neutral Tennessee, court. I think. I think Dalton the, connects the difference, man. Yeah, I think they're the most complete as well. I, I was asked to pick the SEC tournament winner. I, I still, you know, but. And well, like Bama's got the point, best offense. I mean, Bama's point, just applying the moisturizer from everywhere. They just can't play defense. Yeah, that'll be interesting when we get on a neutral court and you don't have the craziness of home court. That's advantage. what I'm saying, Chris. That's what I'm That's what The I'm, SEC that's what tournament's going to be electric this year. Yeah, you want to find out. You know the teams that are going to win. It's the teams that can win in the most ways because you're playing on a neutral court. There is no, hey, you're going to the jungle. Are they? Is hey, you're you're going to the cockpit? Is that what they call it at South Carolina? They they call the student section the cockpit. Okay, William good. Bryce Stadium. To be honest with you, hey Chris. Yeah. To be honest with you, yeah. I I did not know that. I just that yeah. just really made sense. That's a new thing. It. So that's it, yeah. It, so LA, whatever. Look, you got yeah. your band on one end, but you know it is it is what it is. Neutral court defense and rebounding. Defense and rebounding that will always travel. Jake, last thing, and I'll get you out of here. How did your Super Bowl bets end up? I won eight hundred fifty bucks. I went all in on the Chiefs. Here's what I did: I, I bet I, the national yeah. anthem over ninety and a half seconds. Man, Reba, she snuck snuck it on me uh, on the end. She was going fast at the beginning. I thought there was no chance, but she held that. Yeah, she held that at the end. I was able to get the over. Uh, and then just the Chiefs, I had them plus two. I had a money line. I live bet them plus six and a half. I had a first score of the second half to be a Chiefs field goal. Nailed that one. And then I had the Niners over one and a half field goals for the game. Uh, shout out Jake uh, Moody. You know, the extra point is what it is, dog. But uh, no, the only one I missed, 
out of the uh, all the bets I had was I had Justin Watson first touchdown at like plus four thousand. I was just just going out there, mm. but uh, no, it was great, man. And and we got a new bet online, our new bet sponsor, Bet Online. So uh, we're really excited. Jake, I watched that game with a uh, with a guy, a good buddy of mine, that he bet San Francisco and watching. And I and I he asked him for the game. He asked, he said, "Who would you go with?" I said, "Dude," and I went public on social media with this. I was like, "Same thing as you, Chiefs plus two. Chiefs. Yeah. Money. I'm not betting like, against Patrick Mahomes. I was in like, this dude, moment. Team, team of destiny, Patrick Mahomes, and watching his roller coaster of emotions. Uh, I, I, I wish was I had big a money. Was it big money? Not not crazy, but I mean, you know, the competitive juices get flowing, and you want to win every sure. down. But no, I wish I had a camera on him, and I'm sure there were many like him. But like the roller coaster of emotions of a gambler, there's a it's. It, it's it's almost another level of being just dude, a diehard sports fan. Dude, on the live level. stream, like we we did the live stream the Super Bowl, and my brother bets like big money. He won four thousand dollars on the Marquez Valdez Scantley touchdown, uh, but he also lost some other bets. So we created the square of despair, where on the live stream, if you lost a bet, you had to go over there and whatever you you know, it's like the cuss pillow, like we had in baseball. You know, scream whatever you want into it. That way, nobody else you know hears you. I that came off a lot different than I, I meant it to, but you, you get where I'm going with it. So no, it's fun. It's fun to watch the meltdowns and the triumphs. I get a lot out of both. Jake Crane of Crane & Company, one of the best in the business. Jake, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Let's definitely do it again soon. Chris, anytime, buddy.